Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Friday. It's January 10th. Smackdown. I don't even know if you guys are going to want to talk about Smackdown. I know I really don't. As somebody, as Wrestle Features put to me on Twitter shortly ago, this feels like a 2015 Smackdown where you could have read what would have happened and you wouldn't be lost at all. This was such a nothing happening Smackdown and Warren Hayes is here to talk to me about it. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. It's Friday. Friday. Got to get down on Friday, don't yeah, we all? Yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, it's, it's the kind of optimistic thinking that I'm uh, that I'm sort of psyching myself into going into the show tonight because, uh, well, SmackDown was a thing tonight. What more all can right. you say? I feel bad because our one of our esteemed moderators, Hannah, went to this show and she went to an absolute just dog shit program. To say it was least. a dud. It was a dud. It was a bummer. It was a bummer. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about it. We're also going to make our NXT UK predictions. Uh, those should be well educated, uh, as will our hard to kill picks. But uh, let's go ahead and get into this. Miz TV. The Miz comes out, and I, I kind of dug this. He was remorseful and apologetic for how he acted last week. He's like, hey, I know that's how I've been in the past, but that is not me anymore. I'm sorry to Kofi Kingston for how I acted. The fiend got into my head, but I'm glad that John Morrison is back, a guy who is like family to me, even though, quite frankly, he's skull-crushing finale the guy out of WWE. He's like, <laughs> he's like family to me, and I'm glad that he's back. And the thing is, within the scope of WWE programming, he's not lying because they had like this... 30-minute reuniting on the bump a few weeks back where The Miz called in briefly and it turned into the, just them talking to each other for half an hour on the program. I really like this aspect of that. I like that The Miz was the voice of reason between he and John Morrison. That mm -hmm. was a bit of a touch and a wrinkle that I didn't expect to see. Um, I, I really like this opening segment. As I said last week on the show, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some people are excited that John Morrison is returning to WWE. To me, it, it didn't ring any bells 
personally speaking, I mean, wherever he ends up working is fine as long as the guy gets work and he's, you know, I'm happy for him. That's not the point. But tonight, I thought this was really interesting. Like you said, Miz was in a position where he was like, hey, I'm kind of sorry. But then Morrison was like, no, no, no. Hang on a second. You're not sorry, pal. You're my friend. And what you're doing right now is just being stupid because these people turned on you last week and they're going to do it again. You have to stay true to yourself. I really liked where 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 um where this was where where this was going. And overall, you know, as much as we thought it to be a little weird the way they introduced Morrison last week with just like a quick minute pop it, popping his head, a here's Johnny kind of moment, you know. It turns out with tonight this is probably the best possible return for John Morrison. I don't think having him come out on the first evening, him back, it's John Morrison with Michael Cole screaming to the heavens as if this is the second coming. Uh, this this is really good. The bump, uh, the little segment last week, then, then him coming in to join The Miz and talk, reestablish a relationship. This is going to work wonders for both of them. And this is the, I, I honestly think this is the best case scenario for john morrison returning to wwe to not being shoved on our throats but give having uh, giving him something interesting to do straight off the bat i really like it yeah i didn't need to see 40 year old less athletic ricochet with the same push and that's that's not an insult to john morrison that's a good thing to be he was the ricochet of his era he was the first person I saw do a standing star press and any number of things. But they have, they, they have a very similar skill set in that regard. They were very, uh, impressive aerial performers who, uh, had other physical gifts that were very impressive and the mic skills weren't quite there. I always said that his charisma at times was limited to him saying, I'm charismatic. And we've all seen those wrestlers that do that. They'll always go out there and say, I'm charismatic, but if you have to say it, I, I don't know. Except yeah. for maybe Christian, who incorporated it into his nickname, and it's like, okay, yeah, well, he is. But and like I said, that that's not necessarily an insult to John Morrison. He was the best option for a whole bunch of promotions. He was the best option for Lucha Underground and for Impact mm-hmm. and a lot of places. And he's awesome. And I think that him with Miz is immediately a top flight tag team. I mean, you're talking about the Miz. A former WrestleMania main eventer who was, quite frankly, one of the hottest things in wrestling just a couple years ago when Talking Smack was going on. And John Morrison, who was, as I said, the guy in Lucha Underground. The guy in Impact Wrestling. And a lot of places wanted him to be the guy. Uh, and their team now. And I like it. And, it, and it's... I, I don't want to say it's like the Rockers reforming and doing a thing, but you don't see teams like that that are split this long, come back together very often, especially when both of them went on to have single success. Sure. Like you always hear about one being the Genetti and one being the Michaels type of thing. So I, I dig that they're doing this. And like I said, I really think this is the best fit. Uh, I, I liked the highlight video on Morrison, although I hate throwing two those. Also, The Miz said that he made it, though. Yes. Which means yes. that he has some prime adobe premiere skills yes so i do like that it's character Um, development also john morrison's theme sucks 
Yeah, the I yeah I didn't I didn't remember I didn't remember yeah the uh, the Jimi Hendrix sound alike. And there were Ugh. there were some people as you saw that thought it was like Jim Morrison. That's not the thing, and that's that's probably why I dislike it so much is that they named the guy John <laughs> Morrison. They didn't name him John Hendrix because the thing is he looks like Jim Morrison. Yes. So for his theme song, they didn't get a Jim Morrison sound alike. They got a Jimmy. A Jimi Hendrix sound alike. And the thing Let is, me stand into your fire to be very precise. The thing is, he's got the, the song's got no rhythm. It starts off with the the, quite frankly, a bad guitar riff, and it starts off with a bad set of lyrics. And then by the time it it regains some composure, I'm like, no, I'm done with it. <laughs> and one of my friends, Danny, on Twitter said, could you imagine that being played to close a WrestleMania? Oh my God, I laughed <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, he, uh, de- it, he deserves better than that. Yeah, he deserves a better theme than that. Um, was glad to see his pyro back, though. I always thought his pyro was a lot of fun. You know, the two the the, the colorful sprays coming from either side that was cool. They didn't do the uh, the wind in the hair close up spot though. Yeah, bit of a missed opportunity. But hey, it can't it can't be old homie week every week, right? Yeah, and as somebody pointed out, Johnny Nitro was such a perfect name. Mm-hmm. I hate that they switched it. I never liked the switch. Uh, John Morrison, I loved the line where he said he was going to come out with Pomeranians pulling him because there's only allowed to be one big dog on the show. That line, I I, I was like, hey, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, a good yeah one. that's pretty funny. Then Morrison does the All You People promo, which I think fit. I thought it was a good one. Uh, there Very rarely do those work, but I thought it worked here, Warren. Because he didn't lean into it too much. Because it it was just like, you know, he he referred to the people, but then he went right back to to The Miz and basically boosting The Miz up into making him realize that what he did last week was a good decision instead of just like going over on you people, you people, you people smell, you people uh, are uneducated, you know, all that stuff. If this were the same people, whoever wrote, if whoever wrote this wrote the Bailey segment later, they would have, he would have said, Miz, they're treating you like a D-lister. They're snubbing you on all of your nominations. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) But New Day comes out later and says that Miz is turning into the obnoxious, annoying Miz. No, hang on. You skipped skipped something. I'm sure I did because I didn't give a shit. Big E said that that the Miz has trouble being – he calls himself an A-lister, has trouble being cast in Hollywood. You couldn't even be cast as the back end of a human centipede. Okay, that was good. That was fantastic. And I, I truly, truly am ashamed that I missed that <laughs> because – I mean – Because here's the thing. Yeah, there ain't no way anybody writes what Big E says on no. any given week. I mean he said it in an article that Jeremy Lambert wrote this week. He says, if we wrote what was, uh, or read what was wrote for us, trash. Sure. That was the title of the article. Biggie gets away with everything. He literally gets away with everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, I mean, there's no way, there's no one backstage that writes his lines. That's absolutely, that, that's a complete truth. Uh, but don't worry, Sean. That's why I'm here. I have your back. I'll, I mean, if, if he if he admits on camera that he he reads my Twitter and that doesn't get him fired, then him talking about human centipede probably won't either. <laughs> WWE stays mad at Fightful. Oh man, 
So we get the match. The Miz defeated Kofi Kingston. And, you know, Kofi Kingston is a couple months or three months removed from this title reign. I, I don't have a problem with him losing to The Miz, especially under these circumstances. Uh, especially if you want to reestablish him. But Morrison and Big E are on commentary. Kofi has a nice counter to a drop kick. He gets sent into Big E at the table and counters a skull-crushing finale into a pin attempt and an SOS. I noticed Miz has, has uh, started to do the knees in the corner again instead of the drop kicks. That's going to be good for him long term. He doesn't got a bump every time mm-hmm. he takes a spot in the corner. He applies a figure four and, you know, admittedly, I was a little bit critical of John Morrison incorporating parkour. Uh, not tonight, Warren. This spot ruled. Big E is standing outside and John Morrison jumps off the stairs and does like a front flip knee. And here's the thing. Normally I'd be like, why you gotta add the flip? What, like when Hangman Page is a shooting star shoulder block, I'm like, <laughs> Why? That slows your momentum. You, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, if you do a regular knee off of the stairs, there's a good chance you're going to land on your own head. You could topple over, anything like that. If you're doing a front flip into a set of knees, you're a little bit more likely to land and be able to base yourself out. You're a little more likely to land on your feet. Also, you're a little more likely to catch someone's head at the angle that John Morrison did, and it kicked ass. It was really, really good. It looked spectacular. It was all like, uh, it was all like in a, a tight, okay, I'm, I'm setting myself up here, but in a nice tight package here. Um, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Um, and, and, uh, and honestly, I was a little surprised and I, you know, as I like being surprised in wrestling, I don't like predicting things and I like being surprised and I'm surprised that Michael Cole Neither screamed out, it's the return of parkour style or <laughs> vintage Morrison. He didn't go down those lines at all. So kudos, WWE, for keeping me on my toes. Wow. Oh, man. Miz gets the win on this goal-crushing finale. SmackDown's tag division's looking real good right now. Yeah, it real does. Real good. I've got a report up on FightfulSelect.com, our premium service, about the continued efforts of WWE to re-sign the Revival. I have a, a report, as I mentioned, or lack thereof, on WrestleMania this weekend. So uh, go subscribe there, support us, do what we, or help us do what we do. You get Alex's Sour Graps review of SmackDown as well. But right now you got the Revival. You got the Usos. You got Rude and Ziggler. Heavy Machinery, who have played up to their competition to an extreme degree. You've got New Day, and you've got Miz and Morrison. It's a real good division right now, Warren. I completely agree. It kind of highlights a little bit how anemic the Raw side is, uh, where essentially you saw the three top tag teams in the division in a triple threat last Monday, and that's pretty much it. Uh, No, there's a lot of good stuff here, especially since the, the Usos finally return. Um, there's depth. There's a crazy amount of depth. Tag teams who we know we can go. Tag teams who we know work really, really well together have nutsoid chemistry. Nuts. It's, it's a good, it, it's a good, good sign for things to come. I mean, what can they add to Raw's tag team division? Let's take a look at it right now. Hawkins and Ryder have been jobbed out. And now that doesn't ever prevent WWE from pushing a team because no. they, they were literally on an all-time losing streak and became tag team champions. Sure. Plus, anytime the B teams had the title, come on. And 
we don't need that. But you have AOP who were involved in the main event angle right now. So I don't believe they'll get a title shot. Maybe they will around WrestleMania time. But you have Street Profits and the OC who just both lost a tag team title match. Street Profits have lost two in a row. And you have Viking Raiders, the tag team champions. I'm like, man, what? you got to add something here, Warren. There's a there's a little there there there's some there's some depth lacking and that's that's uh, to say the least. I mean, if you see who's uh, right now, you can make an argument in WWE. Even when you go down to NXT, there's not much depth in the tag team division in NXT either. Like outside of Undisputed Era, um, there's nothing really that just blows your mind. You have Brizongo, but they're not even. They're not even in the Dusty Classic. Oh, Fandango's you, hurt. He he just had surgery. Oh, well, there you go. He's cooked for a while. He's done well, for a while. Yeah. That, well, so which explains to me why why Breeze is uh, over on two hundred five live then. Uh, then you have well, the, for, the Forgotten Sons. Yeah, I'd um, like to. <laughs> and, and then you know, again in the Dusty Classic, there's uh, there's a lot of singles guys being thrown in with other singles guys for matches. Uh, Kushida and Alex Riley aside. That's pretty much the state of the division. Otherwise, you have to go over to NXT UK to start to start getting your established tag teams. It's it's a little anemic wherever you look. And I mean, we you know we talk a lot about we talk a, a lot uh, about a lot of stuff. But honest to goodness, AEW is really the place where the where the the tag team division is thriving. That has the most mm-hmm. interesting combinations. Um, and and oddly enough, nothing none of it interests me because everybody gets fifty fifty. Well, there you and go. I, I really think they should have kept Apollo Crews on Raw because you could have just reformed Titus Worldwide and had Tazawa sure. there. You could have had him do something, had Apollo do something. They're friends. They have good chemistry. Titus could have done something. My easy answer for everything is the angry old man team with Randy Orton and Shelton Benjamin. That's That's the immediate one for me where – they're like, we didn't have to do any of this flip shit, even though Shelton Benjamin absolutely did do all that flip shit back in OVW. Plus, Randy Orton gives immediate credibility to anything, and he's a main event name doing something like that that would bring Shelton up and bring interest to that. And, I mean, what else is Orton doing? He's going to he's gonna feud for not a title some yeah. more? We're going to see him feud for the U.S. title some more? Okay, sure. He is a guy who has been well-documented, likes to work with younger people. He said it on game streams that he would love to work with Will Ospreay for mm-hmm. the love of God. So, I mean, I, I'm just – Ricochet's doing nothing right now. Nothing right now. I, I want to see some – Tony Nese doing nothing right now. Like there are Others. some people. Uh, just not Humberto. Keep him off TV. Anyway – Backstage, Sonya Deville is super excited about Fire and Desire. She says they're she's gonna psyched. start. Yeah, she's gonna. They're gonna start a new hot streak. But Mandy says she's got to do something first. Now, there. This, this is not a segue. There were a lot of dropped balls here, Warren. A lot of balls got dropped here. Mm. More more than a New Year ceremony, which would only be one, but. Mandy walked up and gave Otis an I'm sorry cake. And Otis is super excited. But I saw what you tweeted. 
should have been a ham cake. And I agree with you. It That was a missed opportunity. A cake in the shape of a ham. That's and, what it should have been. And if not, why not a batch of delicious looking donuts? Hit them with some cross promotion for the love of God. They have a friggin' YouTube series, Demandy's Donuts. Come on. And the, here's, and, and she also said, while she was with Sonya, she said, I made him a little something. Well, when she opened it up, she did not make that cake. She went and got it at Kroger's, you know? She picked it how up. How do you know Kroger's? What do you mean, how do I know Kroger's? Isn't that regional to like where I live? Hey, listen, pal, I read, all right? But the thing here is that she, if she, there's a, I don't know if this is like a lack of sincerity or just an oversight, but I dig this angle so much and we give so much crap to WWE when they're unable to pull off proper stories. They have been working this one wonderfully right down to the minute details to uh, Otis being told by his mother that it wasn't Mandy's fault because she saw it on television. Everything about this is so, so good. I dig this. This is up right there. I think only the, 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 the main event raw angle, I think, is better. And that's pretty much it. How the fuck do you know Kroger? What is it with you and Alex always telling me to read? <laughs> I'm I'm a renaissance man. What can I tell you? You can read that follower count on my Twitter. Served. <laughs> so, Mandy versus Alexa Bliss. This match was not good. Mm-mm. Not at all. It was not. And it was not. Very rarely do you see a not good match on WWE TV. And the thing is... I think if we gave him another go at it, it'd probably be a good match. But uh, Mandy needs Sonya off of, or Mandy needs Alexa off of a Sonya distraction. And Alexa has some nice strikes, but you could see her blocking a little bit early. It just didn't look good. And then we get a terrible distraction finish. Mm-hmm. Otis's music hits, and Mandy gets the distraction win. Like, what did Alexa think that Otis was going to come out and beat her ass or something? Why does she I don't care? And, and I mean, she was halfway distracted. And I was kind of into it because Alexa was still like grabbing Mandy and putting her, you know, getting her in a position for the DDT while she was looking at Otis. So I was like, is she going to be finally a smart baby face who doesn't get one upped because of a, 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 a distraction from another wrestler? I was this close to believing it, but, but no. No, she, I guess she was overwhelmed by Otis lo- longingly eating cake with his fingers, giving Mandy the thousand-yard stare. Yeah, this was dumb. Yeah, well, I still liked it. I, I, I swear that the Otis stuff is just—it's clicking. It's working. It's the perfect angle for him. I love it so much. But I, I, I agree. The match wasn't good. I even thought the offense looked soft. I don't. I the they they weren't they weren't they, they they weren't going into it. I don't know. It just it really didn't work. Well, if you don't want to look soft, get your penis extra hard by using BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com. Do you have a performance like Elias's terrible song that he sang during this program? 
Well, that's not going to serenade anybody. But perhaps word of mouth from your super erect penis and how it performs will. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. But you're not going to get go-away heat because of it. Oh, no. You're going to have them coming back for more. You're going to have a full house. They're going to be lined up. You're going to be turning them away. Thanks to BlueChew.com and that code Fightful. And, I mean, I, I know that it gets shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. Like, that's the thing. You don't you don't have to go to the doctor and have the doctor be like, Hey, you, with the penis thing, come on back here. Or the receptionist. You don't got to call them. You don't got to wait in line at the pharmacy. Like I said, the mailman brings it to you. But but the reality of it is we talk about discretion, but everybody's going to know. And why are they going to know? It's because the people that you have sex with are going to think that you are so good at sex that they're just they're going to tell everybody about how good you are at it because your performance is so good so they're going to run they're going to run to the fire department and say hey next time i might need a little bit of help getting down off of that thing what can you do for me BlueChew.com, code Fightful. It's a chewable. It gets in your system a lot faster. Full or empty stomach, it's got you covered. Let me tell you, when you extinguish your loved one, it'll be a time to remember thanks to BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Jesse says, I play guitar. Well, you know what? I got something for you next week. We have a new sponsor on the way that Jesse uh, will be able to attest to. And it is it is not Blue Chew, uh, but I am very excited to have them on board as well. Uh, so, BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Firefly Funhouse. Brace says that not everybody is worthy of love like Daniel Bryan. He wants Bryan to remember, to hurt, and to change. Uh, this is one of the few great things on the show. Because Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan was like, I do remember. I remember how things were six years ago. I remember that I outsmarted him. I one-upped him. He changed me, and he changed me for the better because I'm more dangerous. This was such a minimal point of the show, but sometimes less is more, Warren. And sure. I thought this was a really good indication of that. Absolutely. There are some promos that happened this evening which were completely unnecessary, such as Roman Reigns coming to the ring to tell us that his family came back because his family wanted to defend him. That was absolutely pointless. Mm -hmm. But this was really good, and I like that they're leaning into it. I like like this aspect of The Fiend, and I I wish we could revisit with – I wish we could revisit uh, this with other – superstars that Bray Wyatt has had interactions with in the past, such as uh, Braun Strowman, because the fiend, the whole Firefly Funhouse is essentially Bray Wyatt going through all of his other gimmicks and, and using the, um, I guess the, the anger that he feels out of being so misused over the years, whether it be with Husky Harris or rambling, his rambling promos via rambling rabbit or so on and so forth. He wants to the, – the Fiend is essentially an extension of that frustration, his anger. So it makes sense that he goes after Daniel Bryan like this. 
And yeah, yeah, why not go back? You know, uh, why not go back to uh, to to Braun or even with Roman Reigns when they when the Wyatt family was feuding with the Shield? That would be really interesting as well. Could it could make a lot of sense for a Roman Bray feud if that's what they want to set up for WrestleMania? Just in that aspect, um, I'm, I, yeah, I I I think they I think they hit all the right notes when it comes to telling the stories. But I also feel at the same time that they're kind of forgetting what makes Bray Wyatt and The Fiend really, really interesting. And that is – there's it's the dichotomy in the Bray Wyatt character where he's a little sinister but mostly very jovial and comedic at times. I feel we've lost a bit of that comedic aspect of Bray Wyatt, that sort of uh, moment – these moments where he's funny but very unsettling at the same time. And – the fiend just coming out to crush dudes, yeah. You know, just coming out to slaughter guys. We kind of, I, I kind of miss that as well. So there's still time to course correct, so on and so forth. But I, I, I don't think it's a full potential kind of situation here. I wonder who the person will be that eventually changes the fiend. Mm. Like that, I think that's an interesting aspect to get into. I wish that uh, the fiend's next feud would be would be with Elias, so we never have to see whatever the fuck he has going on here because this is a true disservice to him apologies for the language i'm trying to clean it up these days but this is garbage this is so bad this shitty edgelord gimmick he's running and i get it it's supposed to make you go oh but it doesn't it makes me go oh every time like trying to sandwich in Oh my god, this girl looks like a man. Oh my god, he talked about a, a sex tape? No way, man. Come on. Come on. A little it, self-referential, you know, a little wink wink. We we know we know what we do is trashy, by the way. Haha, <laughs> look at how you know self-referential we are. Sorry to interrupt. You know what was good? When the Usos dropped an X-rated joke about Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. That got the reaction. That did it. That was clever. That was funny. Maybe a little bit distasteful, but you know what? Who gives a shit, quite frankly? This was not funny. It was none of that. It's it's doing this man such a disservice. He is in very rare company, like with with a couple other people, like uh, Heavy Machinery for one, that when they were in NXT, I was like, oh, man. When they get called up, what are they going to do? Because we saw the Ascension. Like they, everybody said, like they're, they this make believe awesome run that the Ascension had in NXT just because they were champions for a year when they had no tag teams and they had to face too cool mm-hmm. on a pay per view. Everybody mm-hmm. pretended like they were some awesome tag team. They weren't. Then they called up in the main roster. They beat a bunch of teams. Then WWE was like, eh, not working. Let's let them hang around for five years. That's what I thought was going to happen with these guys, but no. Heavy Machinery rules. Elias ruled, and they can't shit or get off the pot with the guy long enough when he gets over because when he heats up enough they use him to heat somebody else up and change him from face to heel to face to heel face to heel and why wouldn't they use him uh, and with just his natural strengths and let him be a heel because it's so much more interesting the whole gimmick was it last year when he or the year before because uh, we're in we're in 2020 now. When he was doing the uh, when he, when he was doing his album and he did the show 
uh, you know, number one on iTunes and all of that. That was fantastic stuff. And when yeah. he was comparing himself to all the greats, the Bob Dylans and Bruce Springsteen's my best friend, it was it's classic heel tropes, but they work because he has this deadpan charisma about him that just connects and makes it work. I'm I don't know why they they they're insisting on making him uh, a babyface. Honestly, he's he's a natural bad guy. Just and, let and, him do it. And a lot of people are like, oh well, he gets cheered, and all of a sudden he's a cool heel. That's not what the cool heel means. He had no redeemable qualities. Just because mm-hmm. he said some things that people thought were funny while shitting on the crowd doesn't mean that he was a cool heel. And hey, maybe he digs the gig regardless. He's worked five matches since the end of July. Oh, sure. So, hey, <laughs> good work if you can get it. Now, I know he was hurt for a lot of that time. But still, I mean, quite frankly, he doesn't have to wrestle to do what he does. And that that's a very good spot to be in. But, man, he's so much better than what they're giving him. And honestly, you know, maybe I'm stretching it a little bit, but he can be the equivalent for WWE of an MJF where people yeah. enjoy just booing him and waiting to see what kind of witty quips he's about to lay on us or uh, lay on his opponent. He really could be that kind of heel for WWE, but but no, no. The, WWE can't build a proper heel for the, for the life of them, and it, it boggles my mind. Do you get these terrible Brodus Clay, Tyrus, Fox Nation commercials? Oh, God, they're so bad. So they show, like, some indie footage of him wrestling to be like, hey, remember him? Like, they they couldn't talk WWE into any footage. But he's holding a mic that, you know, he very clearly isn't using because anybody who has ever watched a video with a microphone can tell how it sounds when a mic is right up to your mouth. But he, it only exists so he can drop it at the end of the commercial. It's so magnificently shitty and corny. I encourage you guys to seek it out. Is it, he's still employed by Fox? I thought he was in the whole thing. Wasn't, wasn't he in some Consider the source. Okay. Consider the source. Good point. So, uh, Lacey comes out with her, for her match with Sasha Banks, which doesn't happen. Um, so Lacey Evans is a babyface who says some real, wild controversial shit on social media and if i were wwe i'd be like cool it a little Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool it a little for the sake of your job i've been told that a number of times and i've had to cool it a little bit (laughs) for the sake of my job she should too but i gotta say the look on that little girl's face when lacy handed her the towel that she just wiped herself off with that's worth going out of your way to see because that that's one of those you can see why they do it moments. Mm-hmm. Like that's such an easy baby face thing to do. Like she just does that. She sees a little girl in the crowd. She hands it to the little girl, and the little girl is overjoyed. So cool. Then Bailey comes up with her promo, and oh my god, is it so cheesy? If you didn't know, Warren. Based on the giant flag in the back or the fact that they reference it every time she's out there. Because this is going to hit Britt Baker dentist territory. (laughs) Old jarhead Lacey Evans is being told that Sasha Banks went AWOL to record her rap album. Did you see all the stuff that came out or the rumors that came out? I don't want to say reports the rumors of false valor from sergeant slaughter 
Yeah, I did actually. Well, I know that's bullshit because I personally watched the G.I. Joe cartoon many yeah. times. I saw his footage. I saw I, him in the line of duty. He's in the front line. Man, he's he's right in front of Duke and Scarlet. Yeah. He's like, I no, you guys stay behind. I'm going in head first. I, yeah, absolutely. I've seen it too. Yeah, far be it for me to decide, but I did like what Jeff Hawkins says. Uh, the guy was probably a significant net positive as it pertains to recruiting. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's let it – I mean, not for me to decide, but hey. Uh, but Lacey gets tired of all the trash talk of Sasha Banks uh, being around to record her album and goes backstage after Bailey. I would love it if, uh, like, Sasha Banks took this social media gimmick and made it a thing, like, where she was like, I had the number one video on TRL, like, things that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> Carson Daly, who hasn't been on the network in 16 years, like, she says all this stuff. But my favorite thing is, like, it's Lacey isn't mad enough that Sasha's not there for a match. She's not mad enough about the trolling about the military or her kid. But when Bailey says, put on your mom jeans, boy, she's ready to whip ass. Yeah, but I, that was actually was probably the best line of the entire thing. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, and this has been going on for months at this point. I don't know who's writing Bailey's lines, but they have to switch it up. They really do. They, whoever they have producing Bailey seg segments, they have to switch it up. They really do. Uh, it's not doing her any, any service. Um, I'm in a very weird place with Lacey Evans because she did say some things on social media during the course of the week, which really, really irked me. The kind of stuff that, when Ryback says I get irritated at, but then I'm, I shrug and I say, it's Ryback. But now you have someone who is in a babyface position, who is going forward and doing a, an overall good job at it, if we're being completely transparent with each other. But I'm in a very weird place with her right now because I, her online personality and what she's doing here are two different things. And she's treading some really, really weird lines and some odd subjects. And I want to like Lacey Evans as a babyface because I think there's value in it. And like you said, we saw it tonight with the the, the little... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Little towel gimmick thing. It, it, it works. It's okay. And if they want to lean into her military past and they want to get people chanting USA, USA in the audience spontaneously like that. That's fantastic. You could tell that it was very spontaneous and she was a little uh, overwhelmed with it. And it's cool. It's cool that wrestlers can get surprised at the reactions that they're getting. That's all good. Um, 
but man, this is 1996 Nitro bullshit. Yeah. Uh, let's swerve and advertise match. I I hate that kind of stuff. I, I hated it back then, and I hate it even more these days. I think it's I think it's insulting. We're it's we're not we're not in the era of carnies anymore. This is insulting to your audience. Speaking of carnies, that's what uh, our friend Stone Osborne says of Sergeant Slaughter. Stone actually did serve, and he says it's been well known within the military community for a long time that Sergeant Slaughter didn't serve, but everybody just kind of lets it go because he's a carny. Well, he was. I mean, it was car. It was covered in a in a major newspaper back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like something in a in in uh, in an in a wrestling uh, observer report kind of thing. It was. It was something that was mainstream news, and it didn't pick up more steam. There was even a no comment from Sergeant Slaughter, at least his publicist or his representative, whatever. Uh, It's a weird – it's really a weird, weird, weird uh, situation here. But not as weird – not as weird as getting just a little, a little over 15 minutes of wrestling in the entire full hour of SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown, your Friday night wrestling show. 15 minutes of bell to bell action, Sean. Also, it's no surprise there's no record of him serving for the U.S. because he, he served for the Iraqis. It's well documented. I mean, that was yeah, the basis and, and, of his and, feud. And, and G.I. Joe was a covert organization, right? Was it? No, it was Cobra un- was a covert organization. Either it's way. Either way. So uh we're running a non-title Strowman versus Nakamura match a couple weeks after Strowman already pinned Nakamura. And we know we're getting it for the title anyway. Mm-hmm. This is so painfully WWE. Mm-hmm. And uh Strowman dominates until Zayn pulls Nakamura out. Nakamura gets control. He's cut off a couple different times. One with the spine buster, one with the clothesline. Cesaro tries to come in with a steel chair, gets mowed down. Strowman wins with a power slam after Nakamura tries to use the belt off a of Zane distraction. Strowman's better than all three guys, so I cannot be arsed to believe that Shinsuke Nakamura could beat him on his own at any point ever. Uh, Strowman holds the title up and Zane hilariously snags it away. This was funny. That was but, great. Not to spoil the finish, but every single finish on this show involved a DQ or a distraction. All of them. The ones that happened. Because one of the matches didn't even happen. Every single one. That's true. I hadn't thought of that, but you're absolutely correct. Sami Zayn, though, grabbing the title was uh, out of Strowman's hands was fantastic. Giving us a little a little pose, you know, with, with the title. He himself holding it up as he was mocking Strowman, walking away. Kind of made all of our hearts flutter a little bit for a second there with seeing Sammy with the title. Um, I mean, there was there was definitely another way to get to a finish in this match. We didn't even necessarily had to ha- have it happen, really. Outside of it reinforcing the fact that it takes three guys to take Braun Strowman down. Because before the commercial, that's what happened. You had to have all three guys conniving together to just allow Nakamura a moment where he would get the advantage on on Braun. So continue to can, uh, helping us go forward with that story. Well, at least it serves that. But I agree at this stage, there's no way Nakamura is going to be able to beat Braun Strowman all by himself. WWE has clearly established that. I I think that if Braun Strowman is not going to be a world champion, 
he should be Intercontinental Champion for a very long time. Yeah. Like, a very long time. I think that is such an easy thing to do to make a championship, a secondary championship, mean a lot more is by putting it on a guy that everybody knows could and even should be a world champion, but for whatever reason, they won't pull the trigger. Every single match that they are a part of becomes more important, and it makes you wonder, what if? That way, eventually, when they do face the world champion, it feels like a big match. When Rob Van Dam held that ECW TV title, that mm-hmm. was that was the thing. I was... It was the big belt. It was the big belt that everyone wanted to see defend back then. I, no, uh, so many, ahead. so many intercontinental champions in the early nineties. Now it wasn't the launching pad that a lot of people claim it was. Like Honky Tonk Man wasn't on his way to being world champion. Rick Rude wasn't on his way to being world champion. They were on their way to maybe feuding with world champions, but that wasn't always the case. Like a lot of people romanticize it that it was. Now, hey, towards like ninety. 697 yeah maybe more because you had steve austin the rock triple h people like that holding it but that that's kind of a misconception iwgp intercontinental title it was voted in the main event of wrestle kingdom at Mm -hmm. one point over the world title so i mean there are ways to do that and make it really special warren absolutely no there are ways to make it and uh, we talked about it a little bit last week if you if you decide to put it on braun the what's really going to be cool about the title is how long is it going to take before someone ends up beating him and that's going to add prestige it's going to it's going to add drama to the title it'll just make it really interesting look you, we were talking about it before uh Miz's last great run in WWE was be, was as Intercontinental Champion that's he was he held the belt a couple of times lost it got it back lost it again and and he's I would argue, Sean, that Miz is probably is a little more synonymous with the IC title than he is with the world title because his IC title runs were so memorable. He made it special just entirely throughout his heel work. It's essentially the same thing. They could do the same thing with Braun. People believe – look at how the crowd reacted to his comeback tonight. They were into it. People like Braun, they can buy Braun as a champion, and they're going to cheer for him the whole way through. The, he, It's a perfect, perfect fit to give him the IC title. Main event time. Roman comes out, cuts a pointless promo, saying that he's always had backup, but needed family. Has he always had backup, Warren? Because that's been a point of contention on this show for quite a while. No, he has not. Kind you of know stupid, that. huh? Very stupid. But uh, because we've said it multiple times throughout the whole I'm the locker room leader thing with uh, Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin had uh, had Nimrods and uh, and uh, Rude and, uh, and uh, uh, Dolph come out to take out Roman there, whereas no one in the back in the backstage area came out to take to, came out to help Ro- uh, Roman aside from that short span of time when he had a Survivor Series team. Outside of that, there was nothing. Uh, I don't know why they did this promo. There was, there's just so much talk on SmackDown these days, and and I I I don't understand why they feel that everything has to be prefaced by a promo, especially when the story tells itself. 
you we don't need Roman Reigns coming to the ring and saying, I had to look to family. My family came after me. We get it. Do you know why we get it? Because we know their family. Because commentary, that's commentary's job to get the story over. It's not the promo. The promo needs to add something to the story, needs to give us motivation, needs to make us care about the match that's going to happen, not create exposition that is so obvious that we feel we're wasting our time. And we don't need Baron Corbin coming out, cutting another promo as he's coming out, just to say, you guys all suck, I'm the best, and get the the uh, the use of the, of the B word, you know, they the hit the quota for the evening. It was all pointless. Just jump into a match for Pete's sake. It's really not that hard. I agree. And quite frankly, having Roman Reigns talk when he really didn't need to is one of the things that kept him from getting over for a long time. That's a great point. And, and it, it was, it's like ever since he beat The Undertaker, they fixed it. He, it started with him coming out and just saying, this is my yard now. And almost never, almost never since then has the guy talked more than he needed to. And it's helped him wonders because the guy can talk. He can and talk when very he, well. Oh, for sure. And when he talks, it's always like – it's always very sincere. It's very earnest. You know, there's always something something very real to what he's saying. Whereas here, it felt like a promo and it felt like a dumb promo because we didn't need it. Well, this match was nothing. The Usos were there. Have a little bit of rust on them. Uh, King Corbin comes out. He says he's entering the Rumble. Of course, sure. Why not? I like that. I miss the old WDBF Action Zone, WDBF Mania morning thing where you would watch and you would find out who has been added. That was the way that I was able to, to catch up on wrestling back then. And it was a little something they could add to the show that would make you give you a reason to tune in. Now, the world is different now. The internet exists. I understand they can't do that. But I always loved that, just finding out who would be in the Royal Rumble. And I know it seems insignificant to like me and me and you, but I can tell you that when I was told in December 1995 that Buddy Landell was entering the Royal Rumble, <laughs> I was like, I don't know who it is, but God damn it, I guess he's got a shot. Little did I know Buddy Landell had slipped on a patch of ice three weeks before, broke his ass bone and wasn't even going to be in the thing. Mm -hmm. But I love that stuff, man. I loved it. The Royal Rumble is still, to me, almost to a nostalgic level, like just one of my favorite things. Oh, it's it, I I really believe I really and sincerely believe that WWE fans, wrestling fans, get more excited about the Royal Rumble than they do about WrestleMania. I really do, sure. because the Royal Rumble has all that those elements of unpredictability. We don't know what the storylines are going to look like heading into WrestleMania, so. You know, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of predictions. It's what wrestling fans love to do. Uh, that, that's our, that's the bread and butter of what we like to do. So, and it's a huge show. It is a huge show. I, I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of the Rumble. Maybe, maybe they should bring it back and do it on backstage. Maybe that'd, maybe yeah, that'd, that'd get be, some that's eyeballs. That's a great idea. That's a fantastic idea. Uh, I think that Royal Rumble is, uh, is the more exciting event because wrestling fans, media pundits, uh, shit posters extraordinaire. We are. You just described yourself. Yes. And you just described <laughs> yourself in three, uh, those yes. three lines. <laughs> Our fantasy bookers by, by habit. And it's, it's an easy opportunity to be optimistic and press the reset button. 
WrestleMania is bigger culturally, obviously, but uh, very cool is that. Uh, but the Revival runs out in this match, distract the Usos. Corbin catches Jimmy on an Uso dive, but a DQ happens. Whoop-de-doo. Now, I was excited to hear, to see Robert Roode come out at number 30 and Michael Cole go, King! We, we haven't seen Robert Roode on SmackDown in, in months! <laughs> but, you know, he's back. We had tweeted earlier this week, his suspension's up, he's back. Deep six hits outside the ring for Corbin. I love the finish. I even like the happy accident of the spinebuster not breaking the table because I think it looks even more brutal the way he landed. Plus, plus it helps get Dolph over just a little bit with his heart stopper elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that looked real good. Yeah, I didn't. If that was something that was on the fly, kudos to everyone involved because that was a nice little touch to get the table to to collapse. It was really good. Yeah, because Roman's head sort of snapped back on the table. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. Uh, I I liked the post match beatdown. I I really did, and I think you know we're clearly establishing the Usos. Well, I say clearly because then the revival did get involved. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know who the Usos are going to be feuding with next. Maybe the revival because the revival are on their farewell, probably on their farewell tour, and then only to have their real meaty feud with Ziggler and Rude. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I honestly anything involving Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin at this point just it it just weighs me down. I cannot wait. Royal Rumble to be done so that cross your fingers we're officially done with Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin and, and Roman has a proper interesting program leading into WrestleMania I don't care if if Roman main events or not I really don't care I just want the guy to have something fulfilling and interesting to do that's all I want for the guy at this point Speaking of fulfilling and interesting, guys, please check out my long-form feature on Chris Michaels. Uh, you may not know who the guy is, but this story, I am very proud of it. A 7,000-word story, about a 40-minute video interview is up on this channel, youtube.com slash srsfightful. Uh, he's had appearances in WCW, WWF, TNA, Impact Wrestling later on. Uh, we talk about why TNA didn't happen for him when it almost did. He fit like a glove with that promotion. Uh, the feedback he got from WWF, him being brought in to help uh, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton get ready in OVW. Uh, we talk about his performance center coaching gig, and it was revealed at the end of this article uh, something pretty cool in relation to the performance center. So make sure you guys check that out. You all are always asking me to do more non-AEW, non-WWE stuff, and this is one of those. This is a guy who, who deserves your attention, who has worked really hard, and I hope that you all give it to him. Warren, you know how we... At the end or beginning of the Wednesday Night War podcast, we say in one word, who won? Uh, the 11 p.m. rerun of Modern Family won tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it most certainly did. We are going to uh, quickly run down our predictions for NXT UK TakeOver, Blackpool 2, and Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill. First off... NXT UK TakeOver 2. Now, I'm not isolating these previews for a while. Until we get a new channel, I'm not isolating these. I did that for uh, monetization reasons. I'm making shit right now. So, 
Uh, Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis. Who you got? Um, uh, Eddie Dennis. He needs the win much more than Trent Seven. He needs to have a good showing because Eddie Dennis, Eddie Dennis's NXT UK run has not been it. Everyone who's been a Brit Res fan who knows, uh, who's been telling me about Eddie Dennis's career on the Indies says he's, he's a fantastic big guy. We haven't seen it. He can be, he can use a guy like, uh, Trent Seven to, to do all sorts of crazy stuff. He needs the win here. I agree with that. Uh, Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. Whew. Man, Jordan Devlin, uh, whew, just keeps getting that buzz. I mean, let's be honest. The rap on him early on was smaller Balor. And it ain't anymore. It ain't anymore. Uh, he has come into his own and exploded into his own. He has, has found himself as a character too, which I think is exceptional because there aren't a lot of people that stand out in NXT UK. Go ahead. Which is wild because he's a heel. Mm-hmm. And in OTT, he was their top baby face, Sean. It's wild that he's able to do both so wonderfully. And what a talent this guy is. Now, here's another guy who I think needs the win a little more than Bate does. Bate is he's a commodity at this point. He he's bulletproof. He ha, he can do anything and he, or he can lose a bunch of matches. People are going to dig him anyway. Well, he, he match of the year with uh, with Walter and he lost it and he's fine. Devlin needs a win here. His 2019 was was good, but as far as you know, wins and losses go, he has a losing record. He didn't. He lost all his big matches. I think this is a a, a path for redemption. Plus, they need to be to build big heels outside of Imperium as well. Devlin should get it in in a match that's going to tear the house down, mind you. NXT UK Tag Team Championship, a ladder match: Mark Coffey and oh. Wolfgang uh, Gallus against Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner. Uh, Imperium against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster against the grizzled young veterans. This should be real good, Warren. This should rock your socks off. Uh, on uh, on Cardiff, on their last takeover, you had three of those four teams who were there, and they had arguably one of the top three tag team matches in WWE of all of 2019, despite the fact that the Grizzled Young Veterans and Mandrews and Webster did most of the heavy lifting. They're still here in this match. With the latter, you're adding you're adding Marcel Bartel and Fabian Aikner, who both guys are absolutely crazy and are able to do fantastic stuff. This should rule. This has all the potential to be match of the weekend and an early contender for match of the year as far as WWE stuff goes. Um, and I honestly think that the Imperium guys should win. Um, you, uh, you, I clearly they want to keep protecting Gallus. Uh, they should put all the gold on Imperium as well. Uh, sure, I think the Imperium guys are going to win. I I have Imperium as well. Uh, Kaylee Ray against Piper Niven against Tony Storm UK Women's Championship. Uh, Piper Niven has battled Bell's Palsy of late, of all things. Um. How, how do you think that plays into this match? Uh, the women's division in NXT has depth. It really does. Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Piper Niven, Ginny, uh, uh, um, um, Samuels, Nina Samuels. They are all profoundly talented women. 
but the booking has been so incredibly strange. You have Tony Storm in your midst, and her 2019 was not it, Sean. It just wasn't it. Her in 2019 stunk, and she was the champ. The, her, the, the match that she had at Cardiff where, where Kaylee Ray took the title from her was the worst match of the card. It was not – it was really not all that good. I, I think moving forward here, I think a little refresher, changing the title around would be a good idea. I would give it to Piper Niven, who has been really solid throughout. She has been consistent. She's done great work. I think the Bell's policy thing that, that she's finding, I, I think it would be a nice uh, a nice feather in her cap here. It would allow, uh, I think it would be okay for her to win, uh, pin Kaylee Ray. You still protect Tony Storm because apparently they're banking back on Tony Storm. They want to keep protecting her. But man, there's a story to her 2019 that I hope we get to learn about in 40 years when Tony Storm is retired and is ready to shoot on everyone. I want to know what happened in 2019 because this was a bizarre year for women's wrestling in NXT UK. So yeah. I'd go I'd go with Piper Niven. Rumor is they're all three banged up uh, between the Bell's palsy and Tony's shoulder and Kaylee Ray being banged up. But that's the rumor. I don't know that to be true. Sure. But I'll go Piper as well. NXT UK Championship, Walter versus Joe Coffey. Walter's winning this. Oh, yeah. However, Joe Coffey has a lot to prove here. He yeah. was in the first main event of Blackpool last year against uh, Pete Dunne. And it was – I thought the, it was a little too long and Coffey didn't shine all that much. I like Joe Coffey. I, I, I've talked about it before and I'll say it again. He, to me, he's a he's a he's a, he's a Triple H kind of guy. He carries himself like a goddamn superstar. He has the charisma. He can talk. He has the shape. He he can he can work, but maybe not at the level they want him to work just yet. But by God, that guy is good. I think Walter's retaining because I don't think Coffee's the guy to take a to, to take it uh to take it off of him. But Joe Coffee in this performance has a lot to prove. He has a lot on his shoulders. With Pete Dunne out of uh, out of NXT UK for so long right now, they're scrambling to find credible baby faces, especially since Walter defeated uh, Tyler Bate. He's got a lot on his shoulders right now. He's got a lot to prove. Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill 2020. Fightful will have a presence there this weekend, bringing some exclusive news and the like. But we've also got a, a Fight TV code giveaway. I'll retweet that tonight on my Twitter we also have live coverage. I believe I'm doing a post show as well, uh, where I'll I'll cover that and I'll give you the results for NXT uh, UK Takeover. But let's go ahead and get into it. Madman Fulton versus Ken Shamrock. I think they'll give Shamrock the win here. They're having him do media ahead of this. So I think he's getting the win. I think the I think they will too. Uh, and I'm okay with it. It's fine. Fulton's a good. He's a good. Uh, he's a good opponent for him as well. Sure, it'll it, it'll be fine, and I think it makes sense for Shamrock. I agree. Battle of the spear, the jackhammer, or the spear, the gore, the no jackhammer needed, whatever the hell you want to call it. Rhino versus Moose. I think Moose wins here, but Rhino is signed to a two-year deal, about a year and a half left on that deal, uh, roughly, I think. So there's no telling, and he wants to keep wrestling for a while. How do you think this one goes? Um yeah, I think he wants to be to keep wrestling for a while. I also think he, you know, Rhino's a smart guy, and I think he understands at some point, you know, 
uh, he has to put maybe the younger guys over. Not that Moose is all that young either. It's, it's not as if young is 25 more and upside. just starting up. But he has more upside. There you go. Um, I, it, it makes more sense for the company to build Moose up again. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I think there's, I think there's reason to believe that Moose is going to come out uh, as the winner here. I, I, I think they have to, they have to establish him as uh, stronger than he's been looking over the past few. So yeah, definitely. Brian Cage versus Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam <laughs> told me a few months ago that he had extended his deal through January with Impact. Don't know if that's been extended, but I love heel Rob Van Dam. We have not seen that, or a real heel Rob Van Dam in 20 years. Because mm-hmm. he was a heel in the invasion. But the the honesty was, he was one of the biggest baby faces in the company. Had they run with Steve Austin versus Rob Van Dam back then, it would have been a giant money feud. But they didn't. They held off on a RVD title run for five years. And now here we are. I think Brian Cage will win just because they. I, I'm not sure of what... RVD's contract status is well. It's a good point, but if we're if we're taking that stuff uh, uh, away, Rob, yeah. Van, Rob Van Dam has been he's been so entertaining. He hasn't been this this fun since the ECW days. He really has his character work pat. It's so good. I honestly, I would see Rob Van Dam winning. Brian Cage is fine. Brian Cage is going to be fine. Uh, either guy is going to be fine, but I think Rob Van, Rob Van Dam should win. Call your shot trophy, Michael Elgin against Eddie Edwards. I think it's going to be Elgin. Edwards is just – do you ever hear anybody talk about Eddie Edwards these days? Not as much, huh? And that's why – I mean he is the mainstay in Impact. He's been there for like six years now. But the thing is, the sad thing is so many people go to Impact and people just stop talking about them. Despite the quality of the program or the quality of their work or their dedication – or what stuff they do. I think Elgin's going to win this. Uh, I, I, I kind of th- think so too. The, they've been banking a lot on uh, on Elgin yeah. over the past few. Uh, I think so too. The North defend their tag team championships against Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I hope the North win because I have an interview with Ethan Page where he is holding the title. And <laughs> I am not running it yet. <laughs> so I hope they win. But man, I love Rich Swan and Willie Mack. I think Willie Mack could be a future Impact World Champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if he wouldn't have gotten snatched up by Impact, he would be in the NWA World title picture and maybe even would have already unseated Nick Aldis. That's how much I think of him. Uh, but I think the North are going to win here. No, no, no. Nick Aldis has to uh, has to feud with 63-year-old Ricky Morton and broken down Scott Steiner. First of all, he's not going to feud with Steiner, but you know what I mean. Um... I like the North. I like the North way too much. Uh, they're they're a a great, great, great tag team. They've become so good in the span of time that they've been together. And the departure of LAX has been the best thing that's happened to them because they have risen to the occasion. They are shining. They are a really bright star. The North retains. Taya Valkyrie, who uh, has set all kinds of records as knockouts champion longest reigning knockouts champion this past week she became the first knockouts champion to make it a full year as champion defends against jordan grace and odb ah man here's the thing 
I feel like her or Jordan could win. And I feel like one could pin ODB and that could do a few things. One, I don't think it's as momentous if Jordan wins and pins ODB because she's not truly unseating that dominant champion. But it would make a lot of sense because Jordan is one of, I mean, Tessa's not in the knockouts division per se right there now. There you go. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, if you look at the, the YouTube article I'm putting out tomorrow, the star of that, like, you want to look at Beyond Wrestling or TNA or Impact Wrestling's top viewed videos. Jordan Grace is like, her name is all over those. So she'll hit your SEO. She looks like a star. So does Taya too. But they could extend that feud too. You could easily run this back because Taya didn't get pinned. Or you could run it back because Jordan didn't get pinned. I think it's going to be Taya or Jordan. I think it's easy heat to have Taya pin ODB, steal a win from Jordan. But what do you think here? I'm thinking, I think it's, it's time for a little refresher in the, in the knockout division. And I, I believe Jordan Grace is going to pin ODB and we're going to get a little more stuff out of Taya. You protect Taya 100%, like 100%. Her, 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 uh, her legacy is completely untouched and it, it makes complete sense to use your next biggest star in the company that is not Tessa Blanchard. In the women's division, of course, to hold the title because we're going to talk about it in a second. Taya ain't coming back to the knockouts division, son. She's not. So who else are you going to move the strap onto? Might as well be her. And quick parentheses, ODB in her NWA appearances on uh, Into the Fire and just this week on Power, she's still good. Yeah. And honestly, I think she's better. Everything – her match with uh, – uh, I still want to call her Cobra Moon every time. <laughs> with, Thunder – goddamn Thunder Rosa has gotten so good so it's fast. nuts. And they really had the best women's match of the entire week, all promotions combined. They, their match was really, really good, and I'm sitting there, and it's it's freaking ODB. So I don't want to count her out as far as the performance goes. I think she's clearly there to eat a pin, but – I'm looking at this match. There's all three women have really something to bring to this match. I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, I had mentioned a while back, I thought that impact wrestling should lean heavily into the women's division. And I've Mm -hmm. said this numerous times when Santana and Ortiz left, I thought they should have brought in Mercedes Martinez, Diamante and Ivelisse and made them the new LAX. Why not do it with, with a group of women? Sure. You know, I don't hate the idea of Thunder Rosa being in that group since Mercedes Martinez couldn't be right now. If you could get a hold of her, that'd be a good one. But uh, to your point, ODB also has been losing on NWA TV pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's something to take into consideration. Ace Austin, who I think the world of in the ring, I think he is a really good performer against Trey uh, for the X Division Championship. I think that Ace Austin could win this, but I I think he will win this because I don't think they'll switch like every title, and I think every other title is pretty solid for a change. I even think Swan and Mac could win this and maybe swap it back soon, but what do you think about this? Uh, I am in complete agreement. Austin is absolutely fantastic. There's no reason to take the title off of him. 
uh, just let him grow into the role as the X Division, as the ace of the X Division, uh, of the X Division, because he could he could wear those shoes and just be the guy that we identify uh, that we uh, that that we identify currently as the guy who's making the X Division. He really could. He's too talented. I think I think he retains. Ah, oh, then the main event. Oof. Sammy Callahan defends the Impact World Championship against Tessa Blanchard. This has been long-term storytelling, and I don't know how it could not end in Tessa Blanchard winning. If they don't, I don't care where she's going this summer. You you need to be the company to say, we were the first to, even though somebody's going to say, well, actually, uh, uh, the extreme combat coalition in Nevada had the world title on a woman in 2014. They were very well ahead of the curve. Come on. Tessa Blanchard is one of the best wrestling performers. I'm not going to say wrestler, whatever, all that shit. One of the best performers in the world. Everything she does looks like she wants to win a wrestling match. She should not be as good as she is at this stage of her career. She is amazing. If she does not headline a WrestleMania, if she does not close a WrestleMania, I would be shocked. Mm-hmm. And and if hey, if she decides to go to AEW or something, if she does not close all out or all in or double or nothing, whatever their big show is going to be, I would be shocked. But... Uh, yeah, there's somebody who goes, sexy star with a Lucha Underground World Championship. <laughs> ah! Yeah, yeah, and then let sexy star go and break people's legs. Um, yeah. this is, I mean, it's going to be really interesting and it's probably going to be really, really telling as to what Tessa's next steps are going to be. Uh, just like I said, the, she's, you know, she, she, she challenged for the X Division title. Now she's going for the world title. She doesn't belong in the knockouts division anymore. If she doesn't win the world title, if she doesn't beat Sammy Callahan, Sean, there is literally nothing left for her to do in Impact. Aside maybe a rematch and try to get it again. But if she doesn't end up winning the title, there's nothing left. She will literally have done it all. She'll even have defeated... Uh, legend, legendary Gail Kim in the ring. You know, she's even beaten legends in Impact. There's nothing for her left to do. So I have no idea how this goes. If the, the like you said, I think it's it should be on Impact to say, well, we're, I think, I think Impact is, has enough uh, self-awareness to know that they're not going to hang on to Tessa Blanchard forever. And they might as well be the first. Right, we gave her the first her first world title. She beat a she beat a man to do it intergender match. This is what happened. But whatever happens here, the legacy of her and Sammy Callahan as a feud, a rivalry, is going to be remembered for a long, long time. This was such good stuff and long term storytelling. You believe that these two people dislike each other. They, this is literally a steamboat and flare that we're seeing right now. This is something that if Tessa does stay, 
Because we don't know what she's going to do. But if she does stay, they can go back to this well anytime. They can just snap their fingers like, well, let's book Tessa and, and Sammy again. And you don't need a big buildup. You don't need a weirdo storyline. It's just like Tessa comes up to Sammy and is like, hey, punches him in the mouth and we're good to go. So, and this should really, really be a fantastic match. I'm, I don't know who to pick. I'm, I, my heart says Tessa. That's what you have to do. That's what makes the most sense. Well, guys, we went a little over time tonight, uh, actually talking about things that might matter. <laughs> but, uh, leave a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, check out Warren Hayes' uh, YouTube at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Join me on Sunday where I will likely be here doing a post show for uh, Impact Hard to Kill. But until next time, guys, we are out.